The topics discussed during this podcast can be triggering and upsetting to some viewers, seeing as on the show we discuss a wide variety of distressing material. Each episode will vary with the topics stated in the title. We use adult language, therefore parental guidance is advised. Although situations that are discussed can be unpleasant and frankly quite scary, we are using them to educate ourselves and others. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm a 19-year-old second-year psychology student. Hi, I'm Patrick. I'm a 19-year-old physics student. I'm also a care worker and I like to go to protests and stuff like that on the side. Uh, welcome to the Move to the Left podcast. This week we're covering anything from the past couple of weeks. Uh, it's in a way to educate each other and mm-hmm. others around us. Uh, we'll be talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, um, racism and protests. Mm-hmm. We do realise we're two white kids and we don't really have the experience to talk about those things but our podcast we want to include guests and we want everyone to know that Mm. we're here to listen and we're here to educate ourselves so that we can become allies. Yeah. Personally I've grown up with a lot of black influences in my life so like my mum's best mate was basically like my auntie. She had a big impact on my life. My dance teacher because I grew up without a dad around for lots of my life. I would like get very close to men that I knew, you know, like mm-hmm. inspirational people. And um, yeah, like my dance teacher was one of them. He's gonna come on and talk. Yeah. He, um, so obviously these people affected me quite a bit. So when I saw the stuff going on, the protests and that, it was kind of like, if I didn't join in, that's like betraying them almost, people mm-hmm. that like had an impact on me. Yeah. Right, I've read a few things in systemic racism, but mm-hmm. I know that you know more about it. Well, it's not really that I know, it's just sort of someone pointed it out to me once mm-hmm. and then you just sort of keep noticing it. Yeah. Once, once you're thinking about it, you don't really stop noticing it. Yeah, no, I was watching um, the Titan Games uh, It's uh, on Netflix and it's there's obviously this is, wasn't anything to do with racism in a sense. Mm. It's, you know, led by Dwayne Johnson. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but the people, there was no black women mm. that won the female category and obviously it's a test of skill yeah but but still like it's it's little things that you start noticing mm. but like so obviously you do psycho- psychology so you'll yeah. get this um if i had a powerpoint mm-hmm. and i said there's five different people mm-hmm. i'm going to show you this powerpoint of people and one of the people i showed you them 10 times everyone else i showed you twice you're more likely to think the one you saw 10 times yeah. is more attractive mm-hmm. And it's the idea of recognition in yeah. psychology. I, obviously, I've not done it personally, but mm-hmm. I've read about it. No, yeah. And when you look at how big the Black Panther stuff was, mm-hmm. so when Black Panther came out, you saw like the black communities going like, this poster is yeah. all black, this is amazing. No, I remember going to the cinema yeah. and being the only white person in there yeah, to watch it. <laughs> well, you worked in a cinema at the time. I did, you? yeah. So yeah. I, you would have seen like the, because I know I saw it, I saw the like black families, the kids taking yes. photos with yeah. the poster. You've never seen. They were so excited, and it's, until it's you think, finally seeing someone. It's the lack of recognition because I'm most sort of white people will be more comfortable going and talking to another white person. Exactly, and that's not to do with them being outwardly racist. It's not like they're going up to them and saying like, "I don't want to talk to you." Mm. It's the fact that they they don't recognise them as much because they don't have as much representation Mm -hmm. and then people feel more... So it's that kind of thing that once you learn about, you start to notice. Yeah. Have you heard the show Atlanta? No. So, you know Childish Gambino, Donald Mm -hmm. Glover? You know, he's very vocal about, like, racism, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He's a very political man. He, um... So he wrote and directed 
and he acts in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like a social comedy mm-hmm. about a rapper coming up in Atlanta. But he puts really in you like if you pay attention, there's real political statements in it. So you see, like the first episode, this um, white guy comes up to him and he tells him a joke mm-hmm. and he says the N word. Oh yeah. And the whole point of it is that Charles Gambino's character is a bit more white mm-hmm. than your average black person. Yeah. So obviously, if you know about Charles Gambino, you know he, as far as I'm aware, he was adopted into a white family mm-hmm. and he was sort of not accepted by the white or the black community. Yeah. And I think he demonstrates that in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and that brings a very interesting sort of aspect to the whole story yeah because you don't think about how it affects people who are mixed race Mm -hmm. because i I grew up one of my best mates was a mixed race guy and when you compare him to the like african guy we Mm -hmm. had at school you see the difference in how they were treated as well there's big differences and i think that's an interesting part of it that i know i never would have thought of if i didn't watch that show exactly and i think atlanta is a great one to watch because it is a sort of it's one of those shows that shows you the black like um, community mm-hmm. and the sort of culture and the, uh, you know, the fact that they are struggling and they're just trying to do their best. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um. Let's go into more specific topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you, have you uh, like seen anything about racism in medicine at all? I've not looked into it, mm. but from what I've heard, I sort of figured it out because it's the idea that, um, uh, you know, a black woman is less likely to be listened to. Yeah. But not openly and not like purposefully but it's just the way that the mindset is yeah society um i've read a lot of studies i can't remember the the people that did them right now but i will obviously give credit to everyone as we post this but um i read this study uh from 2001 about this doctor who said that he's constantly grown up around other people being racist to him Mm. um and and he kind of went along with it and it got to a point where he wouldn't notice, and this was actually written, he, uh, he's Indian, uh, he, um, this was written before 9-11 as well. Okay. So I didn't see a follow-up on anything mm. about him, because obviously in America there was all those um, attacks after yeah. 9-11 and stuff on Muslim people. Um, but, but then I read one from 2016 about mm. a woman who, who is a doctor, and she feels like having that white coat gives her like a superpower yeah she uh she said that she was on the bus and she was traveling and she just dropped her kids off and stuff and she said hello to the sh- uh, to the police officer who was at the doctor's surgery and she, the police officer a white woman ignored her mm. um and then she went and got changed into her doctor's outfit and when she said good morning the police officer was like oh hello good morning i'm sorry about before and she says that she feels empowered in it and mm. but it's in a it's a weird, twisted power play. Basically, she said that that power was stripped of her the second a racist man came into her office. And he, mm. he was mentally ill and he refused to be touched by her and I don't want your black hands anywhere near me. And she said that she completely got stripped mm. of, of that power that she felt. Um, but that's not, that's like stripped of your humanity. At that point, he's treating you like that. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if you go to a petting zoo and you're like, I don't want to touch that. That's basically how yeah, he's treating you. Yeah, I read another study uh, and basically it was an uh, experiment to see how many medical students are racist mm. without it doesn't matter their racial beliefs mm-hmm. there's no correlation there mm. doesn't matter their racial beliefs they can still be racist in medicine because they grew up with this uh, like fake false beliefs of black people are, like bodies are stronger mm-hmm. their skulls are thicker they can hold heat which is 
ridiculous. It's ri There's a really interesting TV show I watched. It's again a psycho. For some reason, I'm really into psychology, yeah. but still. Yeah. It's, so <laughs> it's kind of like a fun game show kind of mm. psychology thing. So they get a hundred humans. That's mm -hmm. what it's called, and they keep them in this building. They just do random like experiments on them each day, and one it is really really interesting it yeah. sounds weird but it's good but one of the experiments they told them they were testing people's reflexes like i can't they made up some lie you know how they do in psychology mm -hmm. they made up a lie they were like before and after eating or something it's yeah. their reflexes so they did the um police training where they have a gun mm -hmm. and people pop out and one person was holding a phone and one person was holding a gun yeah and then you need to shoot them with the gun not the phone mm -hmm. so they had like blanks and they'd shoot yeah. And um, when it came to the last two people, it was a white man and a black man, mm -hmm. and they both had phones. Yeah. And the thing is, every single person that jumped out with either a gun or a phone was an actor, mm -hmm. except the very final black man mm -hmm. was the, um, he was a show coordinator. So yeah. every single person there worked very closely with him mm -hmm. and knew him really well. And when they both jumped out at the end, it was two guys, one white, one black, both with just phones, and the majority of people shot the black guy straight away. And like Jesus, it's the inherent that beliefs. is built in yeah. racism. But anyone in the hoodie, it's the media. It's the media. Yeah. Any time they report on someone, mm. but if, like, they're, if they're white, they're yeah. even confused. You know. Yeah, if you look at the reports of the the thing that happened in Reading, mm. it was straight away a terror attack before they knew anything. Exactly. As exactly. soon as they knew his name, exactly. it was a terror and then he was attack. Libyan. Yeah, the second they knew that it was a terror attack, and they had no evidence for it at all. Mm. I think it might. There might be evidence now. I think. I've not looked into it. No, no, I'm pretty sure that MI5 looked into him last year or something. So yes, I think something like that. there's evidence of it being a terror. But they said it before they knew. They found they out a name and a stabbing, mm -hmm. and they went, "That's a terror yeah. attack." And yeah. I know this isn't related to being black, but this is related to the way that the media, media does it. Reports. You and look at the way the media reported the Black Lives Matter protest primarily mm -hmm. as riots yeah i mean and protests then, are still going on and then you look at the other protests and they say anti-anti-fascist so anti-anti-fascist <laughs> is a double negative exactly so that would mean that we are anti-anti-anti-fascists and you can just keep going yeah you can keep going but really what it boils down to is fascist racist. and anti-fascist <laughs> and fascism comes as a part of racism mm -hmm. like they usually come hand in hand yeah. And that just pretty much shows what they're yeah. all about. Yeah. Right, going back to the racism medicine. I, yes. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard this. In that study, 222 medical students mm -hmm. from all years, as in like first year, second yeah. year, resident, 222 think that black people don't feel pain. And that way, they don't administer the right painkillers. What? Yeah. How medical student and this is 2016 this is four years ago how how yeah yeah and and the thing is i can't remember how much of the study that was it could have been the whole sample um but <laughs> there was actual like lay people which means people who aren't who are just kind of random people yeah yeah so like, if i if i was yeah. a psychologist and you pick like me just yeah as you're a, a lay person you have no um bystander no the what's the group you have the control group basically it's just a lay person you don't have you're just a normal person yeah. you're, you're not a medical student you're not a specialist or yeah, yeah yeah let's say you're not a medical student but um but even the lay people like the, the number of people who thought that people don't feel pain was lower than for medical students you know it's it's horrible it's it's racism you mm. know uh and that's the kind of thing that you see especially like not to be 
saying it's all conservative people, but you mm. mainly what I've seen on my timeline is older conservative people going, well, I'm not racist. But you I've, are. Because <laughs> no, what they're saying is that I've, you know, I won't go around, I won't say the N-word. I watch black TV shows. I support black. Mm. And, you know, as much as they're, they're not doing anything actively racist, they will never recognise, because they, they will just flat out deny yeah. that stuff like that exists. And they but, refuse yeah. to believe it. And that's because it's easier. Because the second you start realising how fucking unfair it I is, know. then it, you wish you didn't know because it's so... Because for me, I could get up right now, I could open this door and I could go, this racism stuff, I'm so sick of hearing about it. Imagine so how tired. sick people are of experiencing it. But I could do that as well. Yeah, and then because I, we have that privilege. I would never have to think about it again. Exactly. And that's what basically, like, I'd say a good... 40% of the conservative population has done. Exactly. They've just gone, I'm so sick of hearing about yeah. this. In my head, it's not an issue. Yeah, they say they're not racist until they clutch their purse when they're with a black man in a, yeah. in a lift, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to also mention, I was actually speaking to my boyfriend's dad the other day, and I said, it's not enough to be non-racist. You mm. have to be anti-racist. Mm. And he said that actually for this country, being non-racist is a huge step. Yeah, that's So true. we can't really expect them to be anti-racist. And what I said, I said anti-racist to me means saying something when mm. you see someone else being racist. I think our generation are in a great position. I know. Because when you look at almost every single person, white guy my age, mm. is heavily, heavily influenced by either hip-hop yeah. or by rock. And exactly. both of those are black-made genres Precisely. and that has that has got the culture quite in because i could turn around and talk to probably like six out of ten guys mm. my age that are white about hip-hop and we'll get into a deep conversation yeah, exactly. and we would love it and we'd be talking about the black culture we'd be talking mm-hmm. about the black effect and that has really i think a big part of how understanding our, our generation is mm. is how we've been impacted by that culture when you look at even the same for lgbt when you look at how RuPaul's Drag Race yeah. is like, that's such a big thing. And I, I don't even watch it and I still know all about mm-hmm. it. I still hear yeah. all about it. Yeah. And I think when you look at how we've ingrained other cultures into exactly our experience, that's why we're all here fighting mm-hmm. because it's sort of people our age are made by not just their own culture. They are made by the cultures around them exactly. because we accept it so much. Exactly. And it's really and, good to see. And it's good that we accept it, but mm. that we also stand with these people. Because yeah. in, in David's song, Black, I, I'm paraphrasing I here. I love Dave. Uh, yeah, he's great. <laughs> he says they take our culture and mm. have their fun with it or mm. something like that. Mm. I'm really sorry that I paraphrased that. But it's so exactly mm. that they're, the loud in our laughter, silent in our suffering. Mm. Exactly, and white silence is violence. I mean, mm. as as we all know, um, but hopefully, come from the generation where we can mm. absorb other cultures, but well, stand with those people. The other day, I was talking to this guy, and he said something like, "Oh, but we come from a multicultural nation," and I got so annoyed because this is something I really strongly believe in. We have a multicultural population. Yeah. Our population is most definitely multicultural. Yeah. You're Polish, you know, so you know that you come in, in. Yeah. You're part of the population, but do you really feel like you're part of the culture? I don't feel like do I'm you, English, and I don't yeah. feel like I'm Polish either. Do you have English people saying Merry Christmas to you on Christmas yeah. Eve? Because yeah. that's Polish culture. Yeah. Because that's what I say to my Polish friends. Yeah. I'll say Happy Ramadan to. I'll put it on my Instagram, because yeah. I don't have many Muslim friends, but I know people. I'll put it on there, I'll say Happy Ramadan. I don't know many Jewish people, I'll try and say happy Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. A multicultural society would be one where we don't just celebrate Guy Fawkes, we don't just mm-hmm. celebrate Christmas, 
We also, it would be the kind of place where my nan would turn around mm-hmm. and say, oh, it's Ramadan. She probably doesn't even know what Ramadan is. Yeah. We don't have a multicultural society no, no. in the slightest. No. I would love to see a society where the government recognises other cultures' holidays. Exactly. Do you remember learning about Diwali at school? Vaguely. I, I vaguely remember it. I remember it was really interesting mm-hmm. and so much fun, and it seemed like such an enjoyable yeah. um, celebration. But we don't do that. And I wish we did. I wish that at Diwali I'd walk out on my street and I'd see people celebrating exactly. it. And I uh, think, I can't remember what holiday this was for, mm. but um, I was actually walking uh, mm. in the common, and, or past the avenue yeah. or something, and and there was just people giving out food, mm. you know. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to say what what it was because you can't. You don't want to make what, a mistake. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to say <laughs> if what race or culture they were. But they're so open. Mm. Why people are so secluded? You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I've always so this is so one of the people who impacted me was yeah my mum's friend. Mm. Her mum was part of the Windrush generation. Yeah. And. When she died, I went to her funeral. Mm. So obviously, it was all their family and stuff, yeah. all their community. That was the most fun I've ever had. Yeah, at a this, funeral. This right? Caribbean funeral, yeah. or it could have been Jamaican. Sorry, it was more fun than any like white wedding I've ever been exactly. to. Exactly. It was amazing. They were celebrating her life. Exactly. And some of the stuff that I saw though was so like impactful. So um, obviously she came in the Windrush generation. Back then it was gender separated schools. Mm. And then you had this group of white women stood there for the school picture and she was stood like two meters to the side. It was like, you know, if you look, if you think about that from where we are right now, Mm. two meters away, Mm. that's because you've got an illness. Yeah. So when you look at the way that they were viewing it back then, it's crazy. (laughs) I I keep getting sidetracked, but still. No, 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 go for it. Right. um, I want to talk to everyone and you. Mm -hmm. You said that you don't know about this, uh, about the Jane Elliott experiment. She uh, is an activist. She is very much Mm anti-racist and makes it known. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There has been many times where older students have been racist towards people in their classroom and she's sent them out. Is she... So she's a professor or something? Uh, she was a kindergarten teacher, I think. Oh, right, okay. Um, but she's become an activist. Okay. She's, so she's, she's sort of, like, moved on from her yeah, career. And yeah, she's because she's, di- she's done yeah. all this anti-racist things. Okay. And it was the day of MLK's death. And by the way, I got all this information from her interview with mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. Yeah, okay. I don't they all the same uh, to <laughs> me. <laughs> um, uh, but she said that it was MLK, it was the day of MLK's assassination. Mm-hmm. And she said, she said to herself, she was ironing this flag for her students. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it was. Uh, and she was going to teach them a prayer. Mm-hmm. I think it was a Native American prayer or something, okay. like, something like that. I'm really sorry that I can't remember. But um, it was the day of MLK's assassination. And she, she was watching the TV as she was ironing this flag. And she said, we've, we've killed him, you know. White people, we've killed him. Because mm-hmm. that who was. He was assassinated by a white person. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just said to herself that, boy, is she going to teach her children this like prayer and it was something along the lines of um don't judge someone until you walk a mile in their shoes and she was determined to make her white uh, school children walk in a black person's shoes she, I don't think she had any black students this was like 1950 i think yeah um sorry i can me if i don't remember the dates right but she went there and the next day she did her experiment she said that all the blue-eyed children are better than a brown brown-eyed children this is a lady yeah. where they cri- that girl cried and she left. She's yeah, Jane yeah, Elliott, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. got short... Yeah, yeah. She's a god. She is I've a seen god. Some <laughs> god she's incredible. Yeah, but this is her original experiment. Yeah. And she, so she went and she told these kids that the blue-eyed children mm. are so much better and they're amazing and this and that and they're smarter, mm. you know. And and she said that she saw these sweet, loving children just turn into 
monsters mm. throughout that day. You know, they weren't allowed to play with each other and everything. And then uh, it was the same on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, she said that the brown white people were actually so she smarter. Flipped it, she yeah. flipped it. Oh, yeah. And once again, there was this huge change. <laughs> and then on Friday, she was like, yo, <laughs> I love you all. <laughs> <laughs> How did it feel? And she thought it worked, and it's mm. quite an intense experiment. And even in that video of that girl that started crying and oh, left, yeah. one of the people goes, you've made your point, shut up now. Yeah. Goes, what point have I made? Because <laughs> it's so uncomfortable that people it get is. frustrated. But I'm, like, discomfort makes change. Mm. You know, I am not comfortable watching some of those videos mm. where the black people are murdered I've been by the police. I've been crying so often. Like, yeah, yeah. every time I view it. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be mentioning some names that we want mm. to bring attention to and some have had the police officers arrested and some haven't, you know, but mm -hmm. we'll be talking about that later. But <laughs> the kids felt horrible, so how do black people feel having that hatred every day, you know? I mean, it's... I can't... I can't say that I can put myself in their shoes, mm. ever, because I'll never experience it. And like you said, we can walk away from racism. Yeah. If, if it gets too much for us, we can just say, oh, <laughs> The closest I ever get mm. is I work in childcare. I'm the only man there. That's yeah. the closest yeah. I've ever got. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. like again, that is a nine to five. Yeah. That is something that I can choose. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly. I can choose that. Yeah, exactly. I was a supervisor exactly. at the cinema, and I had enough. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm too tired. I'm this. I'm that. I can't take this much responsibility. I'm a bossy person, mm. and I like being in charge. But because be, what the point I'm trying to make is that it's not even close to being anywhere. No, it's, exactly. It's, well, it's not even bad. Me being the only guy there isn't even bad. Mm -mm. Well, I'm not the only. But you know what I mean. I'm one of very few guys. But what I'm saying is that the closest thing I'll ever get to being singled out is that. Yeah. And that is enjoyable for me. You know, it's a it's a happy place for me. It's yeah, a good place. Yeah. So, and I could still walk away from that. But if it's a bad place, it's a scary place. It's a violent place exactly. for these people. And they can't walk away from that, and they never can. The most they can do is walk and protest like they're doing now, mm -hmm. and say it's not fair. But until people like me and you yeah. recognise it's not fair, then nothing will change. Because none of these protests are directed at black people, are no. they? They are directed at us, because the second that me and you realise... Because we're like the first layer, almost. It's like exactly. an onion, isn't it? Yeah, we're yeah. the first layer, because we're easy. Yeah. We understand... We, well, we don't... Un but, you know, we listen, and we... Yeah understand that it's important that we, we listen. want to listen you know we want to educate yeah. ourselves then the next group of people is the people who are like i care but i've not got involved then me and you are the kind of people that will then go and talk to them alongside the um you know the protesters yeah and then from there obviously it's the more opposing people yeah which eventually it will either run out you know that idea will sort of hopefully eventually go out i mean i saw a picture of this guy in a wheelchair and he's a, he's like a, i don't know if he's a conservative or something but he had a sign that said black lives matter and mm. from the back of his wheelchair said it took me a while yeah but i'm finally I here to that, listen yeah. something like that you know well because like when i um i'm sure he won't mind me saying this when my stepdad first mm. moved in he was quite the um right-wing ukip man yeah yeah and then i've sort of explained all this you know we at first we would have like heated arguments mm. like heated we would get into it mm. and then i sort of thought like the more i argue with him the more he's going like get lost yeah he, the yeah. more he's reacting the more that you push the more they react exactly. and i was thinking all right let's sit down i'll talk to him about you know the people he grew up with i knew he had quite a few people um, he grew up with from different races, and I was yeah, like talking yeah. about that. You know, did you ever notice it with them? He was like, oh, yeah, now that you mention it. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of thing I see. And he sort of realised slowly. Mm. 
and that you can still teach a 50 something year old man yeah and that is the big thing is teaching like my um when i was going to the protest the other day my nephew was like what are you doing yeah yeah and he was like like what's this you know why are you holding this thing with a fist on what's that all about why is your sign saying white people need to listen or something like that Mm -hmm. and he just didn't understand it he's seven so you know what you know what young boys are like they're very impressionable yeah well they question everything as well they're like what's this you know why is that door handle silver yeah that kind of random stuff yeah why so why is that why and he was asking me why are you going and um i didn't really know how to explain it to him Mm. so i asked him at your i think it was preschool at your preschool is there anybody that you know Mm. who looks different than you Mm -hmm. because of maybe their skin or their family are different and he went yeah and i was like have you ever really noticed that like have you ever cared and he was like what? What? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, what do you mean? Why would I care? Yeah. yeah. And he didn't get it. And I was no. like, well, there's some people out there who wouldn't like him because of that. And, yeah. And he was like, why would you do that? And I was like, and I'm going out to say everybody should be treated the same, even if they do look different. And he was like, why do you need to say that? He didn't get it. No, he didn't. He no. genuinely just didn't understand the idea of racism. And if you have that, if I had that conversation with every six year old right now, yeah. there would be a generation of kids. Who are just like this is stupid. Yeah, and that's yeah, how exactly. Because one, if even a kid can see, then there is, it's quite obvious it's that there's an issue. It's taught. Yeah, it's taught. Um, going back to the protest, uh, you wanted to talk about John Boyega. Yeah, I think because obviously I didn't quite realise he was so um well spoken, so mm. sort of well thought. Like he, you know. I mean, I don't know if you well know. He was he was the friend of Damiola Taylor. I did not know that. Uh, he he was on a he was nine Damino Taylor was nine and he was uh, attacked by some kids oh, okay. and I think they one of those like broken bottles and they stuck it in his leg I didn't know about he that he died in a stairwell but he was John Boyega's friend I didn't know that yeah. but yeah so obviously I I grew up I love Star Wars mm-hmm. and like I think that's interesting as well you look at the first Star Wars they've got aliens mm. they've got robots they don't have black people they've got like Lando mm. they've you know and then but they did a really good job with the new ones there's yeah. such a mixed cast and stuff that's the kind of thing that's really important is Mm. that there is that representation but then you also look at they released the poster in china Mm. and they moved john baega from the front spot and made him smaller because it wouldn't apply to the chinese but they had the chinese actor bigger so that's yeah exactly that's the kind of thing that um is racist yeah in itself but nobody really picks up on no no and and that's embarrassing as well when you look at the fact that the Star Wars Instagram account supported John Boyega's speech. That's a very embarrassing situation. And okay. hopefully, really, all you can hope from that is they can't undo that. They've released the film. But you just hope that they apologise and that they see the problem or that they sincerely mean it and make a difference. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because I think even Boris Johnson, if he sincerely apologised and made a difference... Yeah, if he made a difference, people... Yeah. Like, would, I'm going to get back onto that later because I emailed him. I was so upset with <laughs> 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 I had a couple of whiskeys and I was like, right, Boris, I'm going to talk to you. But yeah, so John... I mean, you had a meeting with the local Labour Party, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I joined that. But you know, I'm John Boyega. Karen. I think the what really hit me with him mm. is that he went from, you know, being a Hollywood actor yeah. that is on billboards in Times Square. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A guy who was on all the talk shows, you know, to being just a man stood among the protests, crying and just spilling his heart out. Exactly. And he really, really humanised, I think. I think the most important thing about his speech and what he did is it showed that the people who are usually, you know, above 
mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. the people that are you know rich, famous, the people that could click their fingers and buy a new car, they are broken by this. They are upset. They are crying, and it really sort of showed that this is a worldwide. This is a. It affects all classes. It affects all people. And I think that message just. I don't know. I guess that resonated with me in a way because I absolutely, like I said, I absolutely adore Star Wars mm-hmm. as a whole. And seeing that was just like a whoa kind of moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the best I can put it. Is that <laughs> it? Just yeah. Yeah. It's, it was it's, like whoa. Yeah. It's it's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I want to touch upon how he didn't know if he's going to have a career. Yeah, I know. It's, it's absolutely disgusting to yeah. me. It is. Well, because that is something that. The fact that he thought about that. Exactly. Because Can you imagine a white actor thinking I, about well, it? Well, I stood up and spoke on the local protest. Yeah, did. I did. It didn't go through my head I could lose my job. Exactly. Why would I even think that? That's exactly. Do you um, know, that's crazy. It's, it's overwhelming. We want to talk about protests now. Yeah. So I went to the local one in Southampton. I also went to the one about 30 minutes away in Bournemouth. And obviously both protests amazing. It's a protest for Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. But what I did notice is that, so, the Bournemouth one was, or, as far as I'm aware, I could be completely wrong, but from what I've learned, the Bournemouth one was organised by a local, it's almost like a humanitarian group, I think it's called the yeah. Unity Movement, mm-hmm. and again, could be wrong, but from what I know, it's mostly um, a group with people who aren't black, Yeah. like, leading it, so I don't know if they're white, where, where they're from, but I just... From what I saw, there wasn't loads of black people. Mm-hmm. And um, whereas the one in Southampton was ran sort of by the black community. Yeah. And the one thing that I did notice is that there was a lot more, like I said with the funeral thing earlier, mm. there was a lot more, even though it was a protest, there was more celebration. Yeah. There yeah. was more sort of, um, you know, them going up there saying like, we are powerful, we are strong, we are mm. beautiful, playing music, dancing, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then whereas the Bournemouth one was a lot more serious. And again, that's not a bad thing. That's no. not a problem at all. But I think it was interesting that even in the protest, you can see the difference in cultures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that's worth bringing up. I found that really interesting. But um, yeah, so the protest in Southampton was more getting people to come up, talk about why they're there, mm. talk about their stories, that kind of thing. And then the one in Bournemouth, they did a bit of that, but the main bit was a march. Yeah. So I think that, again, that probably plays into why they're very different is because a march is a mo- lot more um, mm. sort of, not serious, but a lot more... Um, again, not mean. I don't really know the word. I don't know yeah. what word to use. But do you know what I mean? It's a different. I do. Yeah. It's a whole different vibe, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, have you? Did you see the Brighton one? They were all socially distanced, and it was silent mm-hmm. protest. Yeah. You know, it was it was it was great. Um, the reason I didn't go to a protest that I was in a high risk household. I don't yeah. want to put anyone else at risk by me going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, <laughs> it's a pandemic. Couldn't do much yeah. about that. But <laughs> I did as much as I could online, yeah. and I know for a fact I annoyed my family, my friends. Yeah. And I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Um, it's it's not something that you get to choose yeah. personally to me. It is, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to do something to help. And now we want to move on as to why we wanted to get involved. Yeah. Well, I think another interesting thing as well is that a lot of people that I've seen speak up were very quiet people. Like, mm. they're not the kind of people that would talk up about yeah, yeah, many yeah. things. Most of our, uh, some of the people from our school that were, like, yeah, posting, like, I was just surprised. It's people that, I think, and that shows how far this has come is that the people that wouldn't usually even post their favorite football mm. team winning they wouldn't usually post you know them graduating at school they they didn't post prom pictures but they were posting this 
And I think yeah, it's it was very pleasantly really yeah. impressive the impact that it's had on some yeah. people you would never imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's nice to talk about the um, lighter side of these yeah. situations as well as. Of course, of yeah. course, and and that's precisely what the media is doing. They're not mm. covering the fact that the protest is still going on, yeah. day in, day out. But, like, but they're know, not violent, so when no one's doing anything. I think it was BBC South covered the Southampton protest. Yes. First of all, they misquoted it completely. They reported it. Com- I don't remember exactly what happened. Neither do I. But no. they basically just put words in the organizers mouths and um also they sort of i don't know if it was on purpose it could have been a complete mistake mm-hmm. but the angle they took the photo it looked like everyone was basically having a cuddle yeah and it wasn't like that it was it wasn't perfect social distancing but there was certainly a distance and um you know they didn't include the bit at the end when everyone was dancing yeah so yeah. they we made a big circle and there's people going in the middle mm-hmm. dancing they were playing like kendrick lamar or mm-hmm. you know those rappers that speak yeah, about yeah. it and it was such a nice it was just such a nice experience mm-hmm. after that whole protest people crying people yeah, speak. yeah and then we did a little march around like the square and then we played music and mm. it was so so nice yeah it was it's but like a community feel nobody's spoken about that no exactly and i've seen it I've seen it in London, I've seen it in, I think, Brighton, I've seen it up north. There has been lots of people getting together and dancing. Yeah, yeah. And why is that not on the media? Because that is such no, a nice thing, no. isn't it? I mean, can I ask what the police was like at the protest? Because obviously we all saw... It was, I must admit, it was amazing. From what I know about the Southampton one, the police basically said, we'll have people nearby, mm-hmm. but we don't want anyone going there. No. And I think they had two police officers walk by who literally just waved and said, like, yeah, well yeah. Was it uh, someone in the crowd that was sounding a police siren when people were cheering, or was it when? the actual police? So I, when I watched your speech, oh, it's the um the people that had the megaphones. They were ah, saying like, when right. they agreed with something, they yeah, were like, yeah. Ooh, so I, thought, yeah. I thought it was police cars. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay. um, even I think the same happened in Portsmouth. I didn't mm. go, but I think the police said we will have units nearby in yeah. case something bad happens. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to send. So I do exactly. think. I know the UK isn't innocent, but I think it's obviously they're a bit at least locally. There were select parts, exactly. At least like locally, London. that was really good. Yeah. And that made me quite happy to see. Can we just do a disclaimer that in no way do we condone violence at these yeah. protests? Yeah, obviously. You know, rioting, looting, none of that. And as much as I just praise what the police done, I one hundred percent think defund the police change the system. <laughs> yes. Just saying. Coming episode six. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> but um. But. To, I'm just going to quickly put a bit yeah, in there. When you look at, I have family members with drug addictions. Um, recently, we have put more funding into the rehabilitation stuff. And my uncle, who was on and off the streets since I was born, is now living in a flat and has a relationship with someone with a child. Perfect. And you would have never imagined that unless they redirected that funding. Exactly. And it's so, defund the police doesn't mean I'm abolish not, the yeah. police. And when people say the like, you know, ACAB, all that stuff, it's not that. People say, oh, but my, you know, my dad's a cop. He's a nice person. Your dad is a nice person. He can carry on to be a nice person. It's a whole system that he's defending that has very horrible, evil powers that is rooted in quite sad and horrible history. Mm -hmm. And um, you can't have a good police force that is built upon such a horrible um, history. So -hmm. that's why it needs to change. It's not that, you know, every policeman is out there Mm -hmm. to beat the shit out of someone. It's just that... I, you know, I've stopped and had chats with them. Yeah. I've gone with police before. But, again, I'm white, so that's different. But what I'm saying is that 
even though there are individual good people, you see yeah, that doesn't you, mean that you see the wrong. good people will still overlook stuff because there's like a brotherhood mentality in and the that police. Is, did you see that person? Did you see the that one, post online? Where the, the guy that quit because of... Because of it and because yeah. of this brotherhood mentality and he wasn't allowed back on a yeah. force anywhere because they had because this like... He, he reported something that happened, didn't yeah. he? And then his commanding officer or whoever it was came up to him and said, what about the brotherhood in blue? You don't report on your brothers or something. Yeah. And like that man was probably a good person, but yeah. they've got so tied up in that. Exactly, exactly. And that's why, you know, so sorry to get sidetracked and distracted, yeah, but yeah. that's, yeah, I will praise what they did locally because that was a really, really good way and that shows progress. Mm -hmm. But the overall system, I still disagree with. Exactly. Right, we're coming to the end here. Yep. We want to just quickly mention why we wanted to get involved in all of this. Mm -hmm. And so, simply for me, it's, it's doing what's right. Yeah. I don't know about you. But um, obviously you said you have yeah. influence. So obviously, um, I'll go into it in a bit more detail. So when I was younger, I had an absent father. My mm -hmm. stepdad came along at some point but I did have that portion of growing up without a man around so I would quite often you know how the psychology of it would all work I would see a strong man and I'd cling yeah. to him and I'd be yeah. like you're my inspiration you know yeah so when I'd have these people around and you know when I think of school I was in year seven the um there was one of the guys that were in year 11 he was this black guy who's in my tutor and I just thought he's the coolest guy around you yeah yeah I just thought wow you are so like grown up you're so mature you're only in, yeah even though in year seven I was like, oh you're a big year 11 but you know you're only in year 11 yeah. and you're still so mature you're so yeah. grown up and when you look at the especially black teenagers I think in general mm. they are much more mature Exactly. And, I'm sure and they have to be. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. They have and to that, be. That's something that I really noticed growing up. And I noticed that, um, you know, well, actually, no, he's going to be on the next, he's coming to talk. Mr. Next Jones. Week, yes, Mr. He's Jones. He's my <laughs> dance teacher. He's the man that taught me how to express myself. Yeah. He taught me the importance of expressing myself. He's one of the strongest, most um, level-headed, yeah. powerful men I've Accepting. ever met. Accepting. Yeah. I have never met a But I've never person. met someone with such a strong mindset. Exactly. So determined so driven yet he cried in front of our whole school he told, I remember he told a story about um racism within the his family members experience and he cried a fully grown man cried in front of a school of like a thousand kids mm -hmm. and that for me I like, cried myself I, yeah so many people cried but for me that taught me the importance of like expressing yourself emotionally yeah. mm -hmm. and if I didn't come out now and express my emotions I feel personally I'm betraying that man yeah. because I remember after the assembly, me and him were quite good friends, and like we spoke about that. And I remember crying like with him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if I, I can't imagine me not saying something now after seeing that. Exactly. I can't imagine exactly. it after having such a strong individual friend. I, I remember him for our whole. Yeah, but that feeds years. back to what I was saying earlier with the idea of representation, because if I wasn't so used to having these influences mm. from outside my own community. Mm -hmm. I prob I'd like to think I would have found my way eventually. Yeah. I don't think right now I would have been anywhere near as um you know outspoken as yeah. accepting as because the thing is I've been bad with you know I was I wasn't outwardly racist but I would do things that I didn't realize were racist yeah. until now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um you know I've not been perfect in any way when it comes to you know nobody's perfect when it comes to anything. No. Um before I wasn't anywhere near as educated as I was. And I think a big part of this movement, obviously, is the education side of it. So, like, you know, teaching kids, teaching other people that don't get it. 
and people when you look at politics mm. it's a perfect example um boris johnson has quite obviously fucked up our corona response mm-hmm. yeah. and rather 100%. than rather than sitting there and admitting his problems admitting that he did it wrong mm. he's gone and supported it and what i've the way that i see this is that with this movement that's going on right now the black lives matter stuff you will see a lot of people like me who have gone in the past i made a mistake mm-hmm. and I want to change that. I want to think different. I've made mistakes in more than just racism. Obviously, mm-hmm. I've not been the perfect person in any way, but I want to make a difference and I want to be a new... You know, I'm a new person compared to what I was. I'm definitely. completely different. Yeah, definitely. And um, that's what people need to be more open to. They need to be open to the idea of changing themselves and admitting yeah. what they did wrong. And that's a big part of why I'm getting involved because mm-hmm. I've witnessed... You know, I've had... I've been a bit of a dick and I've gone, that wasn't right how I was. Mm. I need to sort of, um, not redemption, but I need to, because I'm not doing this for myself, obviously, but what I'm saying is that by recognising how wrong it was the way I was acting, I have a position where I can call it out Mm -hmm. and I'll see it and I know how to teach that person, you know? So, again, and that's why I mentioned the politics thing with Boris Johnson, Mm -hmm. because it's ingrained into our society, our culture, that people don't like to admit that they've done wrong. And when even our own prime minister can't admit that he's done wrong, when however many, like, what is it, over 30,000, 40,000, something, some ridiculously large number of citizens. I mean, it could be more by next week, by when we. And he won't admit that he's done wrong there. No, no. And that shows a big issue because if he can't admit that, he's not going to admit that the things he said was wrong about. And the thing about, like, spending 12 million on this app, and then his defense is no other country has a working app. And there's. Germany has an app, so many countries have an app. But, yeah, because you look at. um, his, the statement he made previously, mm. he's obviously said quite racist things. He's obviously a very questionable man mm. when it comes to his viewpoints on um, more social. It, he's fairly, when it comes to politics, he's fairly, he, obviously he's not great, but overall he's fairly good. He sort of understands how politics works. Yeah. I'm, I don't support him at all, no. but I can obviously admit that he understands politics quite well. Oh, yeah. But his social... Um, views are very bad and I really hoped at the start of this because he publicly said black lives matter mm. I re- I sent him an email because they're meant to read their emails mm-hmm. obviously I don't know if he did and I said like I've seen you make this statement yeah but now it's time that you make a statement and you say my previous comments on race and on religion were wrong definitely I've made a mistake I wasn't as educated as I am now and I'd really like to support the other cultures within the community I'm meant to represent. And if you could, can you imagine if a mm-hmm. a um, our prime minister who was quite racist in the past came out and said that? That would be so impactful because as yeah. much as if we just had a non-racist prime minister in the first place, yeah, that yeah. would be better. I mean, for him to uh, yeah. however many years ago this was, it doesn't yeah. matter. He called people pickaninnies and uh, who have watermelon smiles and yeah. He called Muslim women letterboxes, yeah. you know. And, and so obviously he'll never. Fix and how that. we should colonise yeah. Africa yeah, once exactly. again. I mean, it's. So he'll never. It's he'll never undo that and he'll never fix no, that. But, but he, he could acknowledge it. Exactly. Acknowledging it is so big, it's so important. And I don't think. Until you start to acknowledge stuff like this, you don't see the impact it has. Exactly. Because it really does make a difference. Talking of acknowledgement, yeah. uh, we want to once again reiterate that we fully understand our white privilege. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really 
horrible that we have a voice in, in this society and mm. in no way do we want to take the voice away from people of colour. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want people of colour on here, so yeah. if you well, write whole, to our email, yeah. which is on the screen right now, oh, or... Wait, did that work? I hope that works. <laughs> <laughs> or in any um, of our social medias. Uh, we want, you know, to well, hear people's stories. Yeah. Obviously, for this specific topic, we're talking about black people. But of course. But when it comes to any topic, I, because there's things that you know more about, I'm not very well versed with the feminist idea no, all that we're stuff. going to be having an episode on women as well yeah and obviously being a man i've made my mistakes i've of done course. things wrong and um but the thing is because again when it comes to racism it's mm. the same with this men aren't really taught the impact of their actions no they no. aren't really and obviously this is getting sidetracked but it all protect your daughter yeah. no teach your son but it does exactly but it does all relate because um well, the, actually, that ties into something I'm going to mention in a minute, mm-hmm. the potential daughter thing. But um, obviously, I've learned that when I'm drunk, yeah. I'm a bit more of a... I'm more interested in women, you know? Yeah. And I will probably say, do you want to come over here a bit too many times? And mm-hmm. I've learned that, and I've gone, I need to stop drinking. Like, yeah, stop drinking. Yeah, I yeah. can't act like that. No. And, um, but that's the kind of thing that, rather than having a talk to your son about how to put on a condom, you should be saying, how do you, you know, how do you talk to this person before exactly. you're trying to put the condom exactly. on? Do you get what I mean? Exactly. And that's something exactly. I never learned. Yeah. And that I wish I learned because I would have treated people better in the past. And I can't undo that I've treated people unfairly. Mm. But I can say to the... Obvi- I've apologised. I've said the way that I used to act was wrong. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. You know. And um, now all I can do is teach other people. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's all yeah. I can do. So, we have gotten to the part of the podcast where we want to mention some names. Uh, this will be very sad. Yeah, we do need to... Uh, put a little disclaimer there that it is quite intense topics what you're about to hear mm-hmm. and quite upsetting so obviously don't listen to this bit if that kind of thing upsets you but I think it, it's necessary uh, right. we're not going to put any images up are we? no 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 um, apart from their faces yeah um, so the first person we want to see uh, say and who you might have seen in the back here is Brianna Taylor uh we want to talk about her story. Uh, she was an EMT uh, and an ER tech, and she wanted to be a nurse. Uh, she was working in two hospitals in Louis- Louisville. I don't know how you say it in, in the UK. Louisville, I think. Louis? Is it? I don't, I'm pretty sure it's Louis. <laughs> I don't I'm know. not American. Why are you? She lived with her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker. Um, she had a whole plan on becoming a nurse and, you know, buying a house, starting a family, and she died at 26. It was her birthday a couple of days ago. Uh, she died on March 13, 2020. Uh, using a battering ram, police officers, uh, whose names are Jonathan Mattingly, Brett Hankinson, Miles Cosgrove, broke into her apartment and woke her up, obviously. So she asked, who's there? Uh, after which, she was, both of them received no response and police fired one round and that's when her boyfriend fired back is a licensed gun owner obviously it's to yeah protect himself you know, in america this is england we don't get that but, yeah the um, police officers were playing you know, clothes by the way didn't announce themselves and the guy the boyfriend legally like all legally. of that was le- just point that yeah. out he was allowed that gun exactly um it you know it was meant to be their self-defense yeah. if someone comes into their house and had a gun themselves he was going to say no you know this is my house mm-hmm. i've got a gun to get out yeah the and police 
in his opinion, from his point of view, yeah, yeah. that was three random guys, and yeah, I didn't know exactly, they were playing. So exactly. they were playing clothes. They were in plain clothes, no badges, so no body cameras, nothing. Not they didn't even, announce themselves. Yeah, not even in a police uniform. Yeah. So three regular guys have walked. I didn't know that. That's really sort of slapped me in the face. Like what? Mm-hmm. Three regular guys walked in with guns and shot. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so he shot them non-lethally in the leg. Um, after which they fired over twenty rounds, blankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and eight of those hit Brianna and killed her. Um, I don't know if you've read about this, but this is something I found out today. Mm-hmm. So there was a indirect report yeah. of drugs. I think saying that that was like a, their flat was a drug den. So like obviously yeah. a mistaken report. They were they were they were checking. Uh, they Someone were looking the searching the area for two offenders that were already in police custody. Mm. And the thing is, as well, the um. So apparently they got their warrant to go in, mm. no doc, wa- uh, no knock warrant. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I don't know how true this is. I got this off online. I read it, but apparently it was because the um, post office reported um, suspicion of drugs in yeah. their post. Yeah. And when the post office was asked, apparently mm. that never happened as yeah. well. So yeah. they got this warrant off of what appears to be a complete lie. Mm-hmm. And broken and just killed her. Yeah. And there's yeah. no two ways around that. They broke into a house. Yeah, they and had just a no knock warrant yeah. or something like that. And that's been it's Bri- Brianna's law, isn't it called? I think something that like they've that, yeah. stopped doing no knock warrants. Yeah, hopefully, which but is good. We'll see. <laughs> I think that's passed. I don't know. Yeah, we. Uh, this is all the information, by the way, from at Laura Mulch on Twitter, and we'll be posting the information that we got on our Instagram as well. Um, the next person we want to mention, obviously, please signed petitions, everything, we're going to be linking those as well to, to get justice for all of these people. Uh, Charles Kinsey, the next person, in uh, I think 2015 or 2016, he is, he is still I think, a mental health therapist. Uh, he was getting his mentally ill patient who had run away from the family, from his group home, he was retrieving him and obviously it was, passerby thought it was suspicious behaviour, so they uh, called the police and Charles Kinsey, a black man, was on the floor with his hands up and he was trying to defuse the situation and a police officer still shot him because he was black. He had no weapon, unarmed, everything. Uh, the police officer's name was uh, Jonathan Aleda. Uh, he has been arrested, I think, and something was passed. And luckily, Charles is alive. But... <laughs> He had his hands up, you know. He he wasn't there doing anything. There shouldn't be any luck in the fact that he walked away from that. Exactly. Luck shouldn't Absolutely be not. He shouldn't have been shot. <laughs> you see what? But the fact that when discussing his experience with police officers, mm-hmm. we are saying he is lucky for walking exactly. away. Exactly. That is possibly one of the most horrible sentences I've ever heard. Mm. The fact he is lucky to walk away. Yeah. That shouldn't be something. No. That's the kind of thing that um you would expect from a third world country that is at war with itself, you know well, what I Which mean? we'll be talking about yeah. as well. But that's the kind of thing that you think, okay, I can not understand, but you aren't as surprised hearing it from no. that. But the fact that it's normal for us to talk about America mm. and say that this man is lucky, lucky to walk yeah. away from the police. It's horrible. It's and that's horrible. meant to be the leaders of the free world. Exactly. That is meant to be the land of the free. Yeah. And this man is, I'm going to keep saying that, this man is lucky for mm-hmm. walking away from mm-hmm. the police. I know. Um, 
Uh, next person I want to say, please be advised, this is quite intense and quite horrible to hear. Darren Rainey was a severely uh, mentally ill inmate um, who was boiled alive by four prison officers. Uh, they stuck him in a shower uh, at 180 degrees and you can look up pictures if you can stomach them with, you know, his skin literally peeling off. Uh, just <laughs> It came off, really. Uh, other inmates said that he kept pleading the four officers, you know, to take him out, to to stop this, to, that he couldn't take it anymore and they laughed and asked if it was hot enough. And he died after two hours. Um, the next person I want well, to say... The fact that that could go on for two hours as well, like... A couple, of years, a couple of years ago, I spilt a kettle all over my chest. And yeah. I had to rip my shirt off and I was crying for like a good hour. Mm. How could that water keep going for two hours? That is... The, the fact that they can hear yeah. someone cry and plead is... I want to talk about Richard Brooks next. He was shot in the back whilst under arrest uh, for a DUI, and he wasn't in the car. Which one's a DUI? Uh, driving under the influence. Oh, right. And he wasn't even in his car. I think he was sat in his car, but he wasn't driving. Uh, he was 27, a father of three uh, girls and a stepson. And the officer who shot him is facing a murder charge. Okay. So I guess there's that. But that's only because there was a body cam. <laughs> Can you imagine if there wasn't? Well, how many are there without, like... Oh, I know everyone says exactly. that, but... What what do they really do when they mm. don't have body cams? Uh, Robert Fuller. He was a young black man who was lynched a couple of uh, weeks ago now, There's been about four more since yeah, then as well. Yeah, yeah. And which it's is all the same story. Exactly. Uh, police have ruled it as a suicide. Uh, seems very suspicious, obviously, considering... Why would he hang himself in such a public place? I've never heard of a suicide where... Because, to be fair, it's happened a couple of times in the parks near us. Yeah. But that has been so deep within the park... Exactly. ...that it's taken a couple of days for a dog exactly. to find, do you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly, exactly. And um, nobody is going to do that because you're going to see mm. it. People yeah. are going to... Someone's going to stop you at the end of the day. If yeah. you're doing that in pub, If you were hanging yourself in public, yeah. I'd like to think at least that someone would see that and stop it. And it was outside like a city hall or something, mm. wasn't it? it it's was in like Los Angeles County, I yeah. think. And there's been four since. And um, But when you look at it, there was some people saying, what about CCTV imaging? Mm. And um, the police said there wasn't any cameras pointing at it. Someone went on Google Maps and found four cameras pointing at that tree. Precisely. I mean, we, we saw it done, and this is a you dumb know. example, but if a film like Ocean's 8 can show you how they can move a camera very slightly yeah. every day, so you can't see someone stealing something. How, yeah. you know, in today's day and age with all these people like being so technologically advanced, how how's that possible? And well, when you think about it, the technology we have right here on the table, mm. this is the most modern in terms of like what the general public has. Yeah, yeah. So the leading people in technology, obviously this speaking from a physics standpoint, some of the technology I have seen, I don't even believe exists. Precisely. So, so when you think about what they own and what they can do, obviously they could switch off a camera like that. Exactly. It's not hard to guess that something has happened there that is being covered up. You can yeah. just tell. And not to sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist. No, of course. But because I don't want to take away from the legitimacy no, of this. No, absolutely not. No. But it's quite easy 
to guess that there is something not quite right exactly. about that story. And considering, I don't know if you heard this, a mannequin was stuffed to look like a police officer and hung somewhere in New York, I think, across a traffic light, and the media called that a lynching mm. when it's a mannequin, but not when it's a live person. Mm. Uh, the next woman I want to talk about uh, is Sandra Bland. Um, she was an activist who spoke about many pressing issues, uh, most notably police treatment of black people. And a few days later, she was um, arrested in a traffic stop um, and was found dead three days later in her cell. Uh, people say that her mugshot, uh, in her mugshot, she was already dead and that they got actresses in. But, you know, obviously the police have denied that. And there's supposedly a person who was arrested next to her who said, oh, I heard her cry. And, you know, she was still alive in the cell and she supposedly committed suicide. But I don't know how much truth is in that. Mm. There's, there's pictures of her her supposedly being dead I mean her hair's her hair didn't stand up you know if she was standing up it would fall down but in the picture her hair's like this mm. you know which isn't possible I mean if you know my hair wouldn't do this <laughs> if I was if I was stood up mm. but people they've said that it's fake and that it's hurting their police officers and her bail was set at $5,000 for a traffic stop so if that hasn't, and, and even now these these people what? that are getting arrested at protests, they're black people yeah. have bails at five hundred, and white people have it at fifty. But and again, when you look at that, even just paying fifty pound to get out of a jail for protesting is wrong. Exactly. Let alone five hundred. Exactly. Let alone five thousand. When you um, when you look at you know the some of the war crimes throughout history. They sort of started off with things like mm, this, yeah. where people were getting arrested for a protest. Yeah. Then they were paying, you know, bail to get out of it, and the next minute, you know, there's violence towards the protest. Yeah. If you look at Winston Churchill's rule, mm. um, there's protests in Greece that started off. Yeah. They were like basically trying to control them. Next minute, there was a shooting. Mm-hmm. Winston Churchill ordered that. Twenty people, twenty-eight people dead, I think. So, obviously, I'm not saying um. I'm not trying to put this onto that conversation. No, absolutely not. But no. I'm just saying that, like, that is the start of when horrible things happen. Yeah. Is that because they will then get drunk with power? If you look at, is it the Stanford prison experiment? Yes. Mm-hmm. So Bardo's. obviously, first of all, they get the power of being a police officer. Then they start to use it a little. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this isn't everyone. I've had again, like I said, conversations with lovely police officers. Of course, but, but um, can I just mention to that experiment? Those people got drunk on power, mm. and it doesn't matter who you are. Mm. I mean, same, same with Milgram's experiment, and I can cover this if anyone wants me to, of course. But those people were put in a position of power, or they mm. were told by an authoritarian person to do something. Yeah. Well, when you look at and the it's standard. social labels. When you it look at it as well, it's two. There's one one group of people. It's not even two groups. It's one group. They're collectively the same group. Mm-hmm. And then there was a coin toss or something, wasn't there, to decide who? Yeah. It was completely yeah, it was, it was randomized. Mm-hmm. Who was the um, police officer and who? Or what, no, it was jail uh, guards or whatever. Was yeah, who was yeah. a prison officer and who was prison a prisoner? Officer, that's it. Uh, and they were matched by. Uh, athletic ability mm-hmm. yeah um, so they were all so up to a, it and they, they, were, they all had mental health yeah. and people uh, who were prisoners there was one guy who tr- cried uncontrollably from, from 36 to 48 hours something like that and mm. had to be removed from the experiment mm. because of this power that the guards were exerting it isn't it isn't police officers it's and, the yeah, power that they're that's given. what I was talking about earlier is that it, the pro- yes you know the ACAB thing yes 
that's true, but not because they're bad people. It's because of the position that they're mm-hmm. in is a almost unholy position. It's a, yeah. you know, it's a scary position that more, again, they don't have as much power in England, so it's mm. not quite as bad. But, like, I would be so uncomfortable if I was American. Yeah, because oh, 100%. I still, you know, so many people, when you're driving around, when you have a police car drive past, you don't feel protected, you feel uncomfortable, you're thinking, mm. well, what's my speed? Oh, yeah, oh, do I have or, a seatbelt yeah, on? You know, is, yeah. every, uh, is my phone put away? Um, you're feeling uncomfortable. There's still you don't that feel power. Protected. And then now imagine it's like that, but they have a gun. I can't, I would no, be so scared no, to be I American. Am, in, in this sense, I'm so happy that we don't have guns yeah. over here, and that's a whole other debate. Mm. Um, but, but so yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. is that there is a whole problem with power. With power, it's not even about yeah. the police, you know, it's the, the, the power that comes with that term. I so it, yeah, it's not, um, the focus of it isn't, shouldn't be the police, but the police is the easy ex- example, and that's mm. why it's such a popular one. Yeah. Um, so the last person we want to speak about and bring light to is Elijah McLean. Mm. Um, I can't bring myself to talk about it. It's absolutely heartbreaking, and I do apologise if I cry. Mm. But um, Patrick, if you'd like to... Yeah, so I read up a lot about this. I'm doing this um, without a script, so I may... Uh, what's the word? You know where you reference it quite loosely? Uh, paraphrase. Pa- I may paraphrase and stuff like that. But um, So basically... First of all, I'm going to tell you the bare version of the story, like the almost the police version of the story. Then I'm going to tell you the full story. So police version is, there is a 911 call. A person has called to say there's a man walking around in a black ski mask and he's waving his arms about. Acting suspiciously. Yeah, they thought he was acting strangely or suspiciously. They weren't, they said he isn't dangerous. He's not got a weapon. He's not concerned. They, whoever called was not concerned about anybody's safety except for the man in the ski mask because they thought there could have been something wrong with him. That obvi- They didn't say that, but that was the... Um, that the consensus was, that they got. That was the sort of meaning of the call. It wasn't a... It was a very... Um, there was a lot less detail than what I just said, but what I've just told you is sort of the meaning behind the phone call. The meaning of it was more of a welfare call Mm. rather than a people in danger call if you get what I mean and the police came um, and rather than talking to him they got aggressive they I think they threw him against the wall and they put him in a yeah so they threw him against the wall they threw him onto the floor and then they got him in a choke hold and they were just basically wrestling with him for a good 15 minutes choking him throwing him around because he was saying, get out of my personal space, please. Well, no, he wasn't even saying it like that. He, he was, was saying, I can read you, yeah, word for word, what exactly he said. Read exactly what he said. He said, I can't breathe. I have my ID right here. My name is Elijah McLean. That's my house. I was just going home. I'm an introvert. I'm just different, that's all. I'm so sorry. I have no gun. I don't do that stuff. I don't do any fighting. Why are you attacking me? I don't even kill flies. I don't eat meat, but I don't judge people. I don't judge people who do eat meat. Forgive me. All I'm trying to do is become better. I will do it. I will do anything. Sacrifice my identity. I'll do it. You're all phenomenal. You're beautiful. And I love you. Try to forgive me. I'm a moo Gemini. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ow, that really hurt. You're all very strong. Teamwork makes the dream work crying oh i'm sorry i wasn't trying to do that i just can't breathe correctly and he proceeded to vomit from the pressure on his neck after which he passed out 
Mm-hmm. Um, the medic then took him and injected him with ketamine, which twice the normal amount that a horse gets, rather than this 132 pound boy mm-hmm. who's 23. Yeah, so now going into more detail, this man was Elijah McLean. He was 23. This happened last year, August. I don't know the exact date. August they, 2019. The family don't even know his date of death because no. the drugs that were administered put him into a coma. They know that he... They, they, they give him two heart attacks. Yeah. Two heart attacks put They him know into that he died between being put in a headlock and three days later when his machine was turned off. And this is all... I think it was six. It was doesn't it? matter. I thought, I thought Regardless, a black yeah. man was put into a Still. coma because he was dancing. Yeah, and now when you learn about the actual story, Elijah McLean was at home. I think his cousin... Yeah, I think it was drink. his cousin, said, I want an iced tea. He said, okay, I'll go get you one. He put on his music, he put on his ski mask because he has anemia and he feels the cold more than Quickly. the average person. And um, I'm assuming it was later in the evening. Mm-hmm. And he's put his mask on and he has walked to the shop. On his way back from the shop, he's listening to his music and he's dancing. And every time since I learned about this, because I'm quite like that in the way I'll mm. put on my music and I'll mm. dance up the road. I can't do that without thinking about him. No, yeah, no, I can't. And yeah. he, he died dancing. So this man was walking up the road dancing and because someone was concerned about him, they called the police. And from that point of view, it's quite an innocent story. And then next minute, you know, the police attack him. And if you know, <laughs> this man was a massage therapist. This man is—he was a boy. Well, when when you look at him, hopefully his selfie is on the screen right now. It's his photo yeah. that I saw of him. And we'll is, include the video of him coming yeah. in somewhere as well. He's he had so much life. Pretty, like he's such a kind. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? His face—I feel like I know him. I yeah, feel, it's he just—he just brought joy. I mean, this is the tell. person that played the violin yeah. to, to homeless he, kittens he so that go, they wouldn't feel alive. He would go to stray cats to pay the violin. He he wouldn't eat meat because he just couldn't think of dead animals and. There is you. I know that. Just listen to me for a second. This sounds wrong at first. You would hope that people like this are safe, you know, because mm. obviously it happens to everyone. Someone's but, so pure, you but know. But in your head, it never happens to someone like this, who is so so selfless and someone who quite obviously put literally every every not even everybody but everything else's well-being before him himself for him to say to people who are who are killing him you're beautiful he said dream work makes a team uh, teamwork makes a dream work to people that are killing him how 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 selfless do you have to be it's 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 horrible and yeah like i was saying obviously i wish everybody was um you know nobody experienced this but he's the kind of person that you think that just can't happen to. No. And it happened to him. Exactly. And like, you know, like I said, I hope next time you're walking up the road and you're enjoying your music, I hope you think about him. Because I've thought about him every time since. And like, you know, like I said earlier, he was dancing. It was a black man that taught me to dance. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, I know it's hot. The first thing I thought is like, you know. What it feels. My my whole idea of dance because I'm not a dancer my, I used to do dance and stuff but my whole um, experience of dance is built off of what this one man mm-hmm. this black man taught me yeah, yeah. and then this man who's just got murdered in the streets this yeah. black man for dancing 
but something about that just I because you told me about it I messaged you 10 minutes later and I went I'm in fucking pieces mm-hmm. I'm like I was broken yeah mm. uh, obviously our Instagram page is going to be filled with with things yeah to get justice for him uh, just a small thing that we wanted to mention as we're talking yesterday uh, the killers of Armoud Arbery were indicted by a jury and they should be facing murder charges Good. so I guess there's that Next week we're going to have guests, mm-hmm. which is our our teacher, Mr. Jones. Yep. Uh, who else? Um. Well, not we haven't got many people cemented in yet. It's no. a bit, you know, with coronavirus, it's a bit wishy-washy at the moment. But, but um, there's quite a few people. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, there will be a good. I'm trying to get a three or four. A diff, different groups. You know, I want to get a young black male, uh, older generation, a younger black woman, older gener. You know what I mean. So I want to get one of sort of each community. Well, you want to hear their stories yeah. and they're going to help us discuss topics and mm-hmm. educate us, you know. Yeah. Well, not even that. It's just, I just want to know what this all means to them, really. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously, you know, we just sat there and cried, so we obviously care about obviously, it. Obviously, yeah. But when you um, look at how much the, the people that it's affecting care, I want to know how this is really affecting them. Yeah. That's what I'm most interested in because yeah. I want to know, because um, obviously I don't know whether it's working really, do I? Mm. I can say it looks like it's working. I can say um, this stuff that is happening in the US police force, this stuff, um, all the protests in Britain, I can say it seems like it's working from the outside, but I don't mm. really know. And I want to know what they think about it. Yeah. Um, please read this book to further your understanding. Uh, it's called Why I'm no longer, no longer Talking to White People About Race by Rennie Edo-Lodge. Um, and write in with your stories to our Instagram page, our email, once again, uh, it's on the screen. We can call you through for a Zoom meeting or or, or read out what you want to say if you don't want um, to, to show yourself. Yeah, so uh, another couple of things. Um, like I said earlier, Watch Atlanta because it's mm-hmm. not explicitly about racism, but it is very much more obviously the American black community. But we're heavily impacted by America, so there are going to be some similarities, and um, so that does have sort of a commentary about racism. I guess you could say um, yep. it's sort of like an underlying topic, what they experience and stuff. And then another thing that I found really interesting was a show on Netflix called Hip Hop Evolution. So again, obviously, that is about hip-hop. That is about the story of hip-hop from New York, um, from when it used to be, you know, it came from, like, dance music, almost the DJs, and then they came over, um, started remixing the, um, or, you know, playing with the turntables and mm-hmm. making different sounds, yeah. and it led to the rappers coming along. And then you do, you really get an idea of sort of what they're fighting against. And I mm-hmm. think, again, obviously, it's not the main... Um, topic of the show the main mm. topic is just the history of hip-hop but you see the culture you see um how the sort of the oppression that they had you know they would get moved out of park there'd be a group of white people in a park you know having mm. a picnic then there'd be a group of black guys there rapping and they'd be you know mostly when you look at the early stuff as well it was really about peace it was yeah. about using this rapping to settle problems and have a discussion over music mm. rather than getting in a fight um and they were getting moved on by police, even though there were still these groups yeah. there. Um, and there's one bit, it was the, I can't remember the name of the movement. I think it was Stop the Violence Movement. That was it. So there was um, a gang shooting, mm. I think, 
Well, there was something happened down a back street in New York. A upcoming rapper, I can't remember his name, witnessed it. He tried to split up the fight. Next minute, some guy pulls out like a submachine gun or something, mm. points it out his window and just sprayed at them to try and get them to go away. It killed the rapper. Mm. And they started this whole, like, stop the violence movement. Yeah. And when you look at it, it's this... Um, culture that is portrayed by the media as a dangerous culture you know a culture that you need to hide your kids from and um it is its roots are built around peace and about um you know love and expression yeah and that just for me from my experiences with the black community that is really just what it's about isn't it it's, mm-hmm. it's a loving community um you know so important is their expression the creativity and just how sort of impactful and powerful they are. Mm. And I think that really demonstrates that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a longer episode. But yeah. Stuck, stuck through. Thank you. And we'll see you next week with our yeah, guests. Of course. See you soon. Goodbye. Bye.